Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Well, good morning from the great state of Oregon and the Pacific Northwest. Uh, if you're watching this live, it is morning. If you're watching it on uh, replay, it doesn't matter. Hello. <laughs> good to see you. Welcome to Elijah Streams and Elijah List, which is the printed form or the published form on online. So uh, we are in year 25 of bringing you the voice of the prophets and it, when April hits, we'll be in year 26. Been around for a while and getting to know uh, some of the better prophets and as many of them as we can that we really feel like they have a specific message for today, which is what the, the, the things you've been hearing. Um, and these two, uh, if I were to boil them down, what we're looking for these days is of course, the state of the church, we always want to know that, but we want to know uh, the state of the United States and the earth. We want to know the crisis that we're currently fighting in this earth. People that don't uh, address the crisis that, that the world is in, we, don't, we tend not to bring on at this time. We'll bring them on later, but not right now. And then we're uh, addressing the crisis in the nation politically as well. So those three things, and uh, that kind of covers it, especially when we start with the church. So welcome to Elijah's Dreams. We thank you so much for joining. Um, a couple of quick announcements. First of all, I told you yesterday about a young girl who was making her way on the bus I'll just say it was in the Philippines, which, by the way, people tell me it's not the Philippines, Steve. It's Philippines. Uh, <laughs> so the correct way to say it is he, she's in Philippines. So uh, that's the way they, the people say it's the way. But we say the Philippines, and, and it just kind of flows better. But anyway, the young girl on the bus made it. Not only was there a long wait for the bus, then there was a long drive. So... Uh, uh, we, we're, we're calling her Holly. That's not her real name. Uh, privacy in this kind of thing is extremely important. So her name is Holly. Pray for Holly. Um, God knows her real name uh, that she goes by and pray for her to be restored because of the damage done to the soul, spirit and soul of, of um, a little young child. I mean, God says whoever, you know, offense or hurts one of the least of these you know it'd be better if they had if a millstone was hung around his or her neck and throw, it would be thrown in the sea so um, that was jesus words on the earth so um we need to pray for the restoration of holly the other thing i wanted you know um we haven't had sgnon on for a long time uh but he was anonymous which was fine because we do that from time to time when it's important well, I found out he was getting ready to finally show his face. And just for the fun of it, I'm going to show you who S.T. Anon is. So here is that. The one on the right, Scott McKay, is on the left. That's, that is S.T. Anon. He decided it was finally time to, to let people see him and know who he was. There were all kinds of rumors. Well, we think it's this person. And I won't go into the list of people who people thought he was, but he, he felt like it was time to show his face. So um, as he talked, on video, his voice matches the voice of ST9. That was just for fun, just so you now know who that is. We may bring him back on again. Um, I watch him regular, regularly. I go on Truth Social and just type in ST9, and I get his updates. There's so many comms 
that are out there about what Trump has said and what this article meant and all these things. The comms means it's kind of like a secret code that the patriots are uh, are following. And if you watch closely, you'll be able to read the code. Um, it's just, you know, clue words, words that are clues. That's what I mean. Um, and then he'll tell you what those words mean. When Trump said this, he was saying this. So I usually watch uh, SGNN for uh, for the comms that he, he reveals. So that's that. All right. Let's see if I got everything. I think that's everything. I just want to quickly remind you of the well projects that we're doing. So um, let's go ahead and run that right now. My family and I would walk long distances to collect this dirty water. Can you imagine having to do this? Now I have clean water near my home because of you. This is the water you have given me. Wow. Every time I see that one, of course, every time I see most of ours, I'm just once again resold and re-energized and why we do these wells. Uh, so we're about to either tomorrow or Wednesday, we're going to announce a new project that we're adding to this. We're not we're not doing away with the wells. We're going to continue to do the number that we're doing. And we're going to add uh, um, a ministry that will tell you how we're going to do it. Uh, regarding trafficked children. We already support three of them now, and we're going to talk with you about helping us. But don't send anything yet because there's a specific way you can write to us and help us. So um, just that's kind of a heads up to what we're going to do either tomorrow or Wednesday. We will announce that, and you'll see the amazing things God is doing with the overflow from what you give to support this ministry of 24 of us, 28 of us, whatever the actual number is. I keep forgetting. Anyway, so... All right, time to bring in Johnny in the unfiltered. So here we go. 1349 hours declaring it a riot. My message hasn't changed. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You must from now on target darkness in your society. We are almost there. The pain is for the awakening. The awakening is for your children. And good morning, good afternoon. How are you, Johnny? Good morning, Steve. Doing well. I got to tell people something hilarious. I never, ever wear plaid or whatever you call it, squares, whatever. I don't know if this is officially plaid. But uh, a number of our staff happened to wear plaid. And uh, the other half wore caps, which I never wear. And so they were laughing be- between them. They said, I wonder if Steve's going to show up with either plaid or a hat. I showed up with plaid and you showed up with a hat. <laughs> that was hilarious. I, it feels prophetic, but it's like <laughs> at least an amazing coincidence, right? I, I think so. There's something going on there. It's crazy. Well, anyway, before we get into your content, well, there's two things we want to cover. Um, there's, a, there's a room for 35 more about on your Israel trip. We almost filled it up last time. So. Tell people about that. We'll put the number on. We'll put the 
the the uh, link for it we'll put on the screen and it's below this box I don't know how to show you uh, it's below the screen that you're watching there's a link to it but go ahead Johnny talk about Israel so it's this year May 8th through the 19th and it's the David tour so we're going to really focus on places that were powerful in the life of David and extract from that as well and as Steve just said we're doing we've we decided um, from the beginning to cap it at 180 people which is four buses and we're, we we have enough uh, family and leaders to uh, to sprinkle through four buses and change around and then we're gonna have two nights of meetings there as, as well um, we're just gonna have an amazing amazing time and so um, if this could be your last chance we did gather a good bit more I think like Steve said we have 35 more slots and uh, you go and just sign up on the on the link they're talking about, and it's it's going to be a really really special time, and um, we would love for all 180 that are supposed to be there to be there. That's good. And you're calling it the David Tour. Are you going to mainly places related to David, or why do you call it the David Tour? Well, we're going to highlight that. We're going to hit some of the main areas, and then you know we've been there many many times, and some people don't want to just see the main highlights every time and so a couple of the days a couple of the days that we will have meetings at night we will allow for freedom for people to go like if it is a first time and you haven't been to you know one of the, the, the normal main attractions that people can go we'll have the buses take uh some people in in some of the you know the regular stops and there, obviously with 180 people there's going to be a, a lot of people who want to do that so you won't be alone doing it but we're not just going to be like if you've been there a bunch of times, you're like, ah, I don't want to just repeat what I've already seen a bunch of times. This will be different. It'll be a whole different uh, focus. We have an amazing uh, Israeli uh, world famous archaeologist. He's a friend of ours as well. And he's going to he, he'll give the, the, the secular perspective, archaeological. And then between Elizabeth, myself, we'll give the spiritual perspective. But the David uh, part is to really focus on places that connect with David, including, including the, the Goliath where he met Goliath's site. And, um, and so, you know, we just believe there's an impartation for the spirit of superheroism, uh, becoming a superhero. And if that offends you, just remember that in, in, in Daniel, it says, but the people who know their God, the sons and daughters who know their God will do mighty exploits. And that's all a, a superhero would be totally in the midst of challenge will do the exploit. So, Oh, That's, I love that. Love that. Now you got a 50 state tour going. Talk about that. Or when does that start? I've it hasn't kind of, started. It hasn't started. This is a pre-announcement. We're going to have a link there. And what that link is for <clears throat> is for application. So we're going to do um, beginning in June of this year, 2023, beginning in June. This is not to begin right away. We're going to do a state per month. We'll go a weekend. Um, and we already know we're going to kick off from Tennessee where we're at. So it's really beginning in July become the, the slots for moving forward. But we want to have it and it'll give the guidelines there in the application form. I think it's something, you know, place preferably that holds at least 500. And well, the, the purpose of this RISE tour is RISE goes with our book, Reformers Influencing Society Every Day. We have been working on it's been finalized, but it's been perfected right now. A RISE app. Reformers Influencing Society Every Day. This application, this app is to connect, is for connecting 
reformers in the seven mountains. This is where the kingdom of God is practically uh, allowed to show up. And this is not about building a ministry where we control. This is not a hierarchical uh, or parachurch in that kind of way. This That's something I'd like to say for pastors. This is something to assist pastors even in bringing the understanding of reformation and how to be activated Monday where the kingdom of God shows up Monday through Friday in your area of society. So we'd love for pastors and churches. But if there are churches uh, from whatever state you're from, you're like, I want to be part of that and orchestrating that, organizing it. Uh, obviously, if you've never had or hosted anything, you're probably uh, I'm not saying you're not going to have a chance, but we're going we're taking applications and we'll we'll prayerfully consider um, the applications per state. And then we'll announce and then have on our site the states that are, um, you know, once they've been secured. So you don't keep sending in, we'll say application. The application is for you to be the host building. And, and um, essentially, it's going to be a Saturday event though we'll offer ourselves to, to to speak Sunday at a church or whatever, but we'll have a luncheon. We want to meet and greet. There'll be three, remember, three basic purposes of the RISE uh, tour is to connect reformers, to share our RISE app, to share our RISE video information. We, we're not just speaking into reformation. We actually have tools, connections, and we'll introduce you to people as well. That's reason number one. Number two is I told Elizabeth and everyone, I said, I want to, I, I got to see the, I got to, you know, connect to people. I have people walk up to me all over the place and say, I feel like I know you because I see you all every Monday. And it's like, they see me, but I don't see them. So I want to be able to see That's good. people from all 50 states. So we're going to have a luncheon that maxes out at, caps out at 100 and a meet and greet where at least 100 friends, partners per state where we can do that. So that'll be item number two. And then item number three is we're going to open ourselves to release whatever regional prophetic word the Lord gives us per state. So we'll have some friends with us as well. Let me ask for a clarification on, on the tour that's going to happen versus the app. I want to make sure people understand because I'm not quite clear on it myself. If they get the app, first of all, where do they get the app? Is it Do they go to the app store and what is it called or is it through this or well, what? Just go to our restore the restore7.org go there i'm not sure that it's considered fully ready to be released to the public we we okay. have had i think we've had 5000 kind of uh testing it for a little while there and then we find the squeaks and we we're working on it okay um and are people johnny applying it's an app so ap well no that doesn't necessarily mean follow but are people applying to be um hosts for their for their state, is that the point, the purpose right now? Yeah, and I thank you for asking that because, it's, uh, again, it's worth saying again. So we're having an application form, and that's what will be the link, the second link that will be up there. So that is if you would like to be um, the host for it. And you can be the host church. Obviously, it's great if it's a church. And, again, this will not fight against anything you're trying to do as long as you're a Reformation by that, we'll say kingdom-minded pastor or leader, this yeah. will be right in line with that. But it's possible, depending on the state, that it's just somebody who who has a capability of doing something, you know, say in a, in a hotel or whatever. And yeah. it's the the instructions will be there. And, and we're just going to, again, if we get, uh, you know, say from Texas, we could get a whole bunch of a big state, a lot of people, a lot of friends. There could be a lot of um, applications we may have 10 to pray into, and there may be 
some small ones where there's not many at all. And it's not just that we're going for the biggest venue. It's we really will. We do want at least um, most states that we can facilitate at least 500 being there. But we're going to it's going to take us, if you understand, one a month for 40 for 50 months. We're going to be going over four years doing doing this. So it's a real long term commitment to uh, reformation and connecting the body of Christ with fellow reformers. And as we go on, we're going to have more and more stories of those who are um, uh, running to the narrative of this is kingdom time, as opposed to, uh, you know, running high time. Good. All right. All right. Uh, Johnny, I'm going to turn you loose. I have, I don't have the, the, the title of your uh, presentation (laughs) today, so just go for it. I'll I'll give you, I'll give, I think this will probably work as a title. Um, This is a word that I got from the Lord. And, and, and then I have many loose ends I'll tell you about we're going to address. But the word is this. God has reset the globalist. God has reset the globalist reset. Now, be the show that you're enjoying. You've heard oh, it. So the Lord says, I have reset the globalist reset. Now, be the show that you're enjoying. You've heard enjoying the show, but be the show. So it 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 um it takes us out of any passivity of just being an observer. You've heard, you know, get the popcorn. Well, you can eat the popcorn too, but it's not just watching a show. You're invited to be part of kingdom heroics all across the earth um, right now. So I'm gonna say that once more. God has reset the globalist reset. So I'm gonna cover um uh, multiple exciting things, I think, and at the very end, state of the very end is gonna go all over the place. I'm asked these questions based on some things uh, I've said before. So at the very end, um, here's a asking me about the DNR comment I made about the revaluation of the DNR. And so I will answer that late. Um, and then a, a question of, did I say Tom Hanks had been executed? And so I will address that at the end as well. Um, sometimes the, the questions we get, but there is a reason we need to clarify. Sometimes I will um, um, nod my head to something somebody's saying, but it's not necessarily yeah. me saying that. Yeah, I know who said it. I won't say it now, but it, <laughs> it wasn't you. So <laughs> no, that's that's what I remember. But somehow, uh, what's being carried around? I heard Johnny say on his program that, and it was like mm, no. But okay. So the other thing is, I just got off conversation um, probably about an hour ago finished a 30, 40 minute conversation with several pilots. I'm just going to say from a major airline, I was going to tell the airline, but so as not to invite unnecessary lawsuit for myself. Um, (laughs) Why a wise man he was. (laughs) I've told you before, you know, I I don't know, it was maybe a year ago, I made a statement that there needs to be, and I'm specifically talking about pilots that are, because that was in the news, the pilots were being forced to get the vaccinations or they would be fired. And so really, I don't know, I think it's hundreds of, of, of pilots all across uh, all airlines were being fired that were refusing to get the jab. And I said, somebody needs to initiate a lawsuit and lawsuits. And I may have commented on that before, but I, I want to um, uh, tell some specific points that came out of it that are important. Wow. 
Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. This is just a little, there's a five minute part of this, this program. And, um, but it goes, it goes with everything we're really talking about, whether it's the rise or the reset, you be part of the show. Um, It may not sound like it's kingdom business for pilots to band together and um, take on a major airline, but it is because it's part of the justice and being instruments of justice of the Lord. And so, <coughs> excuse me, these uh, pilots are amazing. They're part of, um, there's a group of over 30 of them that are, they're not doing it as a class action lawsuit because it, it actually limits in some ways, even what, uh, what they can accomplish and what they can get done. But these are a major airline that you would definitely know. Um, they they lost their jobs, and so they have taken on uh, a major airline with which which has very wow. deep, deep pockets. But they are believers, and they believe it's they they have to do their part. They they're like they don't really have even they can project the millions it will take to fight this all the way through, and with a big airline their capability. They don't have a guarantee of a win, but they believe God's anointed them to do this. And they want to make sure this never happens again in society. Um, and they have uh, reports. And unfortunately, we there's not enough transparency in what's taking place. We're seeing, you know, reality of all these people just kind of dropping dead um, at 40 and 50 and whatnot. And so there's like cardiac arrests. And then mm. it's, the story is squelched often. And then you find out, well, the one consistent throughout all of them is that they did take uh, the jab and, and, and to the degree they had more boosters, the more dangerous it was. But they were telling me, for instance, that for a normal year, for all pilots of all airlines, they think of the United States, that there's nine incidences where something happens where a pilot loses um, his life over the course of a year nine that's why they have backups and things like that and and um that will be do you mean loses their life on, while on on the plane or just in general really, yes really. it's either it happened on the plane that they lost their life or the incident happened on the plane and you know they're confirmed okay has departed and but the last eight months of 2021 there were 281 of those and there's some stories that I won't tell. Um, they are horrifying. There is danger. <clears throat> if they didn't have some backup systems, um, there is by backup systems is even by having, you know, you just hope you don't get two or both pilots having the same crisis hit them at the same time. But these, uh, the reports are hundreds of pilots now temporarily or permanently grounded just this one airline has four or 500 temporarily or permanently grounded now because they did get the jab oh. and the, you know, the heart effect of what's on them. And so again, this is censored and covered up and there's no doubt they would, they would go do lawsuits, but just like I say, so an average year, nine incidences and 281 in the eight months after uh, right after the vaccines, and they also know what we've heard from Dr. Peter McCullough and um, another one of the major doctors that 
he expected it actually from three to five years after the uh, after the vaccine for there to be the more severe consequences. And and so this is, you know, I don't want to talk about too much because they can release fear and all that kind of stuff. But it's a real a real issue. And um, and main thing I wanted to tell people, tell our audience, Steve, is they would love prayer for this because they're doing this as a kingdom thing. It's an injustice. And this can never be forced upon the world again. You know, the serious uh, consequences where there's been really close calls. It will be the grace of God if we don't have some disasters associated with this long, long term. And, um, you know, these pilots are all doing private piloting now. And uh, and of course, it's a, a huge benefit. They have heard that in a lot of hiring of private pilots, there is looking for those who have not been vaccinated. Yeah. You know, the opposite is be safe. And why won't you be safe for everybody else? You know, the whole narrative is, is being exposed and, and coming out there. But part of being sons of God, sons and daughters of God is showing courage and taking on things that it's a risk for them. And so um, make, the only thing I, I, I had asked them what they have where people could reach them. And it's they have a Twitter page that goes under at Wings for Liberty at Wings for Liberty. And um, so at Wings for Liberty. And and so if anybody wants to reach out to them in any way uh, to encourage them, to pray for them, I said, hopefully we could find a few hundred, maybe a few thousand of people yeah. stand prayer for them. They're aware they're up against, you know, part of the engine uh, um, and just something big with deep pockets. But they it's amazing there uh, as I talk to them, their commitment to the Lord, their love for the Lord and truth and liberty and freedom and all that. Um, was was great so this is a a justice matter and on these johnny on the, let me ask you a question on you said there's how many pilots going together on this you well the reason i was asking is i wanted to know how many are, are are the complainants on the lawsuit because i'm i'm curious if they're from one airline or multiple airlines this is from one airline and wow. It's it's a group of thirty, but it's not a class action lawsuit, right? Okay, because of the nature of how they want to do it, and okay. you know they they are aware that um, they're they're very probable probably will be a group of those vaccinated who now realize the dan- the damage that was done to them, and so. They're not part of organizing them, but I recommend if you happen to be, because I didn't know when I made the declaration or a statement a year ago that there were this major airline pilots listening to me and they move forward. But if you are one that did bow to the pressure, no condemnation, because you are facing loss of your livelihood and it's just, you know, it's egregious what they're requiring for you to put your life at risk in order to bow to an agenda. Uh, I recommend that there be uh, not just class action lawsuit has its pluses and its minus, but you look to uh, for justice matters as it relates to being forced to take something yes. clearly against. It's not just the deal about airline pilot. It's not just against your health. It's against the health of hundreds that you are. Yes. Uh, Find there. Tell me an incident that I won't go into for the details because it could uh, you know, be subject to legal action as well. Yeah. But, you know, there was a, a, a very recently a, a plane with 
uh, more than a couple hundred passengers, and it was put in dire danger because even the backup pilot was not one uh, really advanced um, with understanding of how to uh, he wasn't qualified enough. We'll just put it that way. And so you had somebody who's not quite qualified enough for the size, uh, plane and amount of passengers and a flight attendant. And the two of them are bringing it into safety. And of course, passengers yeah. don't know, doesn't make the news, all that kind of stuff. So we don't want you to be frightened. You just pray a little better when you go on yeah. flight. Um, yeah. but here's people that need to be prayed for and supported because, that's that's the that's that's the key is you have we have to support those who are courageous enough to take on enemies greater and mightier than them and believe that God can give them victory. And then, you know, if somebody's out there and say, say, you know, you might be a multimillionaire with hundreds of millions of dollars and you might want to tell them, I'll back you up with all the money you need in order to take this all the way through. So that would be great as as well. They didn't do it asking for resources, but I know that's something by having asked. I know that's something they need uh, they think they totally, need totally. so i just think these are these are our kingdom brothers and sisters it's not just pilots there are flight attendants that refused it there are other workers um from the airline that refused it that lost their jobs as well and it's not like i said it's not just a personal uh justice matter it's this must be stopped from ever happening again it's putting the whole world at some level of risk if you understand what just that's just for one airline. We know it was true throughout the industry, what took place. And it, it was a, a great wrong that still has um, consequences moving forward. And, and the justice aspect of this must must be wow. brought forward. And we have to see justice for this. Wow. So, um, all right, that's that's that one. So now, you know, and speaking of that, just to go ahead and mention, I know I don't know how many of you saw, you know, these the the friends. Uh, uh, Donald Trump, there was Diamond and Silk, yeah, uh, two sisters, and, and Diamond suddenly, um, it, I guess, had a cardiac arrest or something, and she's only was 50, 51 or something. I, I heard the part of, at the funeral, that Silk, I don't know if you heard it, Steve, that no. Silk telling it about, but she's basically uh, said she had been strong, she'd been fine, full of vigor and vision, and it, she was at some event, and she su- suddenly called her and said, I can't breathe suddenly. And then it was over uh, uh, suddenly. And she, she basically, because President Donald Trump was there, she just turns and says, we have to we have to get to the bottom of these vaccines that are doing. Really? Right there on the uh, live, huh? So I think she's, on the one hand, admitting that Diamond had had uh, vaccination. And we know we've had a bunch of these. There's a uh, news producer for Fox, 40-something years old. Right. Um, just happened as well. Lisa Marie Presley, there was at the World Cup soccer, a 40-something-year-old um, head of uh, some soccer department of the United States. These are just happening right and left. And unfortunately, we're hearing, again, that this initial um, onslaught is not supposed not supposed to be the worst of it. It's uh, If you go by Dr. Peter McCall and others, that it it this really was designed to reap worse consequences three to five years later where people, well, you know, they, where they can't be blamed for it. So this is a, a lingering major justice issue. No, no reason to be fearful, no matter what's happened to you, uh, whether you did get a vaccine or not. 
as a, even as we know for Diamond, you heard her sister uh, speak of her. She's in heaven. She's with the Lord. She's in a in a great great place. You know. So the ultimate tragedy is not that someone loses their life. The ultimate tragedy is someone loses their life and hasn't made peace and established a relationship with Jesus Christ to the Father. So that becomes the ultimate um, thing. That's really the a, a sad issue. But there are these consequences that we are we are facing. It's not as um, unusual as we think. Once the full news comes out, we'll find out they've been killing us in various different ways and different things they've been forcing on us through the pharmaceuticals, through the foods, through, you know, what things that get approved, FDA, big pharma, government, things that they approved that we thought were for our protection. They were actually guaranteeing that they could have, uh, you know, limited um, reproduction of humans through it. Most of their stuff has not been working. And, and it would, John, it would it be an overstatement to say that, to point out that, first of all, this, what you're describing is, is just blatant before us, but they've been doing this for a very long time before this vax or before other drugs and other vaxes have had um, Time bombs in effect. I don't want to overly stand. There are time bombs. They have they have been we know they brag among themselves. You you have the oft repeated video. I don't know if it's still available. Bill Gates. I don't know how many years ago, um, many years ago, actually saying, I believe we can get the world down to two billion people through vaccines. So this this is a a progressive weeding out of the population that they have um, believed. And this goes back many, many, many decades they have believed that this is the key instrument of how to bring depopulation to protect the planet. So you kill the people to protect the planet and it's through vaccinations. And so, and it, and it works. If you all understand the agenda, it works with excessive Greenpeace, um, whatever, uh, not just Greenpeace is the name of it, but if, if you look at the, the protection of the planet gone crazy, it's part of this valuing of the planet more than the people and and so they're pushing it from every angle. They're pushing it through our education system. They're pushing it through um, distorted um, reporting on, you know, we were already supposed to have been flooded by the river, or by the oceans. And um, if you listen to all the alarms that have been sounded out to us over the last 20 or 30 years, we're not supposed to even be able to be in existence now be, without the whole world chipping in a third of their income in order to, you know, stop the environmental damage that's being done. And and that whole movement had nothing to do with really caring about the environment. It had to do with justifying in another way the reduction of population, which I don't know if people get it, but reduction of population when it's forced, it's called murder. And in the eyes of God, it's murder. It's killing people. Thou shalt not kill. You're ultimately accountable, not just to the people, but to God. So that's coming too. That is a justice harvest to be reaped for those who've been advancing this. So anyway, all right. So better news. I really got good news. Back to the original news. God has reset the globalist reset. Now be the show that you're enjoying. So there has been a reconnection. I mentioned uh, when we talked on Thursday, we had a not our normal time slot there, Steve. I was in Psalm 65, and it was connected to the Georgia Bulldogs winning the national championship. 
uh, 65 to 7. And how unusual we came across the 65 because there had to be a missing of the final extra point under no pressure. And I think he had never not missed one all year. Um, the field goal kicker for Georgia. But the dogs speak of the Caleb's. Caleb means dog. And so I don't want to rehash that particular word, but I, I, I noted that it wasn't finished and that I had to get back into it. So I do with some really um, specific things the Lord is saying. I want people to understand this. I consider this I, I, the way he had me write it down. This is a prophetic word from me to you and to the world. The Isaiah, uh, I mean, the Psalm 65. And I want to show you all something. I didn't practice this ahead of time, but just to encourage us that we needed to follow up more. Uh, so that was Thursday that I was on the program. And then Saturday, the two number one seeds, the Philadelphia Eagles and um, the Kansas City Chiefs played their games. So the scores were the Chiefs 27 to 20 over the Jaguars and the Eagles 38 to 7 over the Giants. And if you go to this to the left there, the total score between the Chiefs and the Eagles winning was 65, that number again. And then if you go to the next column and you do 20 minus 7, because the other ones, you, they're, they're the winners, so you do plus. And on the losers, you minus. It comes out to 13. And so the Psalm 65 has 13 verses. And I had pointed it out last time that we were drawing attention to the fact that it was that specific psalm. Because there's two 65s in the you scripture. You did say that, yeah. There's Isaiah 65, and there's Psalm 65. But Psalm 65 has the 13 verses. It's the only one that has. And we had Bennett. Stetson Bennett was the MVP of that game, and he is number 13. So that confirmed the 13. So through another game, the Lord highlights the number 65. And the fact that it has 13 verses. And so it's worth looking at all over again. I'm not going to uh, read all the verses again. There was the main verse 7. But there are some real specific things the Lord wanted me to highlight and, and speak into. And speak into a third wave of glory that is, that is coming. Whether we call it, some might call it revival but it's a visitation of god that changes everything that changes the landscape and and um and 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 that is coming so what i want to do is look um at where we left off in isaiah 65 i'm going to read the main verse because it was the score was 65 7 from the georgia defeating the tcu um horn frogs is what they're called i think which are reptiles and it said, you quieted the raging oceans with their pounding waves and silenced the shouting of the nations. And it really, as I shared, it's a direct reference to the Psalm 2, why do the nations rage and ungodly plot and conspire against God and his anointed? And he says, hey, rather than you following what all they're doing and how they're conspiring and all their plans to eliminate you and get rid of you, things that are very applicable as never before to us now, the Psalm 2, you know, why do the nations rage and, and plot and plan and conspire against God and his anointed? We see that there's a depopulation agenda. We yeah. were just talking about it, even tied into the pilots of a major airline that I was just uh, mentioning there. And so this is something um, they've been after, but the Lord is speaking into, and it's speaking into us right now. It's for 2020, 23, that he is going to quiet 
the raging oceans, the noise, the shouting of the nations. And, and with this conspiracy, that's real. It's not a theory. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. And he said, and he says that in Psalms chapter two, right in the midst of telling about it, he says, you ask of me the nations and I will give them to you for an inheritance. Then he rebukes rulers of nations and he says, kiss the son while you can, lest he be angry with you. So we're going to see, uh, we could go back into reading Psalm 2, but it's so well known. And this is just back referring and connecting us, us to that. So then I move forward to verse 8. Um, the farthest parts of the earth, the ends of the earth, are afraid of your show of power. And then uh, verse 9, you visit the earth. This is Psalm 65, 9. You visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide their grain, for so you have prepared it. And I'm going to read that again as well in the New Living Translation, the NLT. And it says, you take care of the earth and water it, making it rich and fertile. The river of God has plenty of water. It provides, provides a bountiful harvest of grain, for you have ordered it so. Now, what it's talking about for our purposes, it's talking about revival. It's talking about reformation. It's talking about harvest. There's different conversations that go into which each one are, and I'm going to get into that uh, a, a little bit more. Revival and harvest are often seen as, as going together. Sometimes revival is just God's people being encouraged by a visitation of, of his presence. But this is something God is speaking right now, connects to a couple of weeks ago when he spoke and said, the whole earth is about to become my upper room. I love everything, that. Man, everything, I love that. <laughs> and all at once. I yeah. do. And, and so this is something that we're, we're heading into. And the river of God, just hear that, the river of God has plenty of water. He is saying that right now. There is plenty of his presence for everything. We could go into reading Ezekiel uh, 47, which talks, I believe it's 47, talks about the river of God. And there was the four different measurements. There's a measurement of ankle deep and then knee deep and then waist deep. And then I had to swim in it. And then it said, Ezekiel said, in the, and then it watered the trees. And the trees then began to grow great leaves. And the leaves on the trees are for the healing of the nation. So when he says, there is plenty of water in the river of God, even right now, even under, uh, you know, the shadow of all this agenda and all this plan and all this globalist uh, darkness. There is enough water in the river of God for the healing of the nations and the restoration of the nations. And that will be the narrative that history will tell about this time will not be about the enemy's repeated attempts to wipe us out, depopulate us, kill us. We've been fighting against some level of that agenda forever and ever, but it will be about the sons and daughters of God who choose to ignore that distorted narrative, that false reset, and agree with God that he has reset that reset, and they will now be part of the showtime that we can all enjoy. We'll see in the next few verses here how this is all connected to a joy that we're supposed to experience in the midst uh, of all, all this. So. Verse 10, you drench 
the plowed, this is now with the NLT, but you can might read it both ways. You drench the plowed ground with rain, melting the clods and leveling the riches. You soften the earth with showers and bless its abundant crops. I believe there's multiple applications, but I feel like the Lord was telling me this is really something he's doing for our hearts as well, that he's drenching the plowed ground with rain and melting the clods and leveling the ridges of our own hearts. And he's softening the earth with showers. So there is a work of just softening our, our hearts. I felt like I was feeling the showers of the Lord. We took two weeks at the beginning of the year for a, a prayer retreat, Elizabeth and I, and I felt like I was just getting rain and rain and rain. Wow. And, uh, it was cool. softening the earth with his showers and then preparing uh, for abundant crops, abundant crops from our own hearts where we can connect to peace, joy, love, and all the fruit of the Holy Spirit in spite of all the challenges mm. that are around us. And then verse 11, and I'll read this in the New King James Version first. You crown the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. And um, and I'm going to read it now in NLT. You crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. So I like that. They're his pathways, but this is something to encourage all of you right now. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. Now, again, take this as the Lord has spoken it to me. This is a personal prophetic word for all who are hearing this for this year. Psalm 65, revisit it over and over. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. Can I just ask you just to make sure no one misses the application? If someone's going through a hard time, they're walking a hard road, you're saying that's going to, it's going to drip with abundance. Is, it, am I, is that what the scripture is saying? And it's available. There's always the part, we always have a part in any fulfillment of what God yeah. is doing. Because that's what, there's a reason he says, arise and shine. Because you yeah. can lay down and whine. You can, you know, you can stay, you can stay laying down and just whine about everything. So yeah. nothing comes to you automatic. That's what people have said. I thought you said that there was healing for those who took the vaccine. Well, yes, there's healing for it, but you have, you know, you have to apprehend it. You have to take a hold of it. You have to believe it. You have to get the prayer. You, it's available. So it's to stimulate your faith. But at no time does the kingdom of God just impose on you. It's an availability that you have That's to extend good. yourself to. There's some response of faith that is required in order for us to see these. So he's saying part of your what you can do is if you're on a hard pathway, you agree and say, Lord, this hard pathway, I believe there is abundance for me. So you agree, make a truth statement out there and, and believe it. See, everything is, is uh, apprehended through believing, through faith, through overcoming doubt, not just, well, somebody said, you know, there's somebody said is the beginning of you engaging your belief, but you have to show that you are, you are going Good. toward, he's releasing, he releases rain. And then the rain does the thing in us that allows it to be the right environment for us to, uh, to advance. But I want to hit for a moment. You crown the year with a bountiful harvest, or you crown the year with your goodness, depending on what version of the Bible um, you, you read it, but this thing of crowning the year, there's two parts that was standing out to me. The Holy Spirit was showing me number one, when, when something is crowned, your crown becomes your primary identity. 
So if someone gets a crown just in the natural, their king or queen or prince, whatever else they do on the side, that is their primary identity. Whatever you get crowned with is your primary identity. So if he says he crowns the year with a bountiful harvest or with goodness, because that's what both one version says, bountiful harvest or goodness, he is saying 2023, he is nominating it, he is crowning it as a bountiful year, as a bountiful harvest, as a year of goodness. So take it as that's what this year is about. All kinds of other things, justice. Yep, it's in a verse we already spoke about early uh, from previous, uh, from our previous uh, program, Isaiah's uh, um, Psalm 65. I, I don't want us to forget. By awesome deeds in justice, you will answer us. Awesome deeds of justice, mm. you will answer us. That's verse five. You will, sh- God of our salvation. So that's something he's doing, justice, but he crowns the year with goodness. He crowns the year with a bountiful harvest. That's what he's offering us. Another thing, that word uh, crown, a crown always comes on a head. Mm. No, even the word Rosh Hashanah means the head of the year. So some aspect of it, I believe there is a timing of Rosh Hashanah where there is some specific, not, not that there's any delay to any part of this word at all, but there's something about Rosh Hashanah of this year um, where he's, he's telling us, I'm going to allow you to really see. Again, you have to press into it. Do you mean Rosh Hashanah that just passed that we're now in or that's no, about to go? The one we'll get into, whatever, August, September. Okay. Uh, All right. There's a crowning of the year. There's a crowning of the year where we see even um, much more evidence of uh, Psalm 65. But again, there's no passivity to us anyway. There's no lessons we're learning in the prophetic community is not to just keep waiting for dates to happen and see if something happened. You press into what he's saying is available. Kingdom is always now from the standpoint of uh, that's, you know, repent. The kingdom is at hand. The kingdom is always at hand. And so there are promises that come in with, uh, you know, you will say insights on when to look for more or whatever. But it's never a passive wait for this good thing to happen. So, so can I just say it another way? You said it's the Rosh Hashanah that's coming August, September, October 1. And so are you saying, in other words, are you saying, Lord, I could pray, Lord, this may be coming in August or September. I'm pressing into this now. Can you do that? Is that what you're saying? And I'm really, I am, Steve, and I'm saying, Really, maybe even the key for seeing something then is if you start pressing in now. Good. Okay. That's there's there's like the year gets crowned if if you don't uh, lock down in discouragement, disappointment, delayed, you know, uh, hope deferred, another. Th- yeah. Well, I thought this like it really doesn't matter which. Uh, I think we've already learned, you know, things like well, I'm just not going to be happy until, for instance, okay, Hillary Clinton is made guilty in front of everything for things I know she did. We've already learned that there is people behind the people and then people behind those people. Probably people behind those people, names we've (laughs) never known that are really the agents of evil. So there's not going to be any just great satisfaction with any specific name being there. There are, there are aspects of we'll, we'll be able to, you know, we are headed into the more and more, the justice stage is already uh, rolling out there. But ultimately, it's it, it's not so much that 
you know, that God, uh, you know, executed judgment on evil. It's that he advanced us in the midst of that, that his kingdom advanced. And those are the things that really need to drive us and keep us content and happy moving, uh, um, moving forward. So um, I just think that's that's something to look forward um, for this year. And then um, your paths drip with abundance. It is what one version, another one says, even difficult pathways. We could almost say his paths probably are difficult pathways in general. The just shall live by faith. So he probably doesn't give you a pathway that's easy, but it will drip with abundance if you'll press press on and press in. And the last two verses, they drop on the pastures of the wilderness and the little hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys also are covered with grain. They shout for joy. They also sing. Now, what you'll see there in those in those scriptures, you'll hear there's the word rejoice. There's the word joy. There's the word sing. And then there's all these different ways of describing abundance, provision. And th- these are things that he, he has for us. So this this is to be our focus, even when in the face of hearing how food supply could be challenged, how water supply could be challenged, how all kinds of things could be challenged. This is not a time to be looking to the enemy's script and agreeing with it in any kind of way. It's even sometimes we get the enemy's script kind of by a, 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 a servant of God discovering what the enemy is wanting to do. But there, it's overvalued as it's not really as valuable as you think to be able to tell. You know, it's like the 10 spies. They thought, well, we're doing a service to the people. We're letting them know what's really, you know, what's really there. And the Lord had the ground, the ground swallowed them up and took them out because they were not giving um, the report of the Lord. And the report of the Lord is going based on what he says. And I'm saying it again, he's saying, I have reset their reset. Now be the show you're going to enjoy. I have reset their reset. Now be the show. And so that's what it was for Caleb as well. He's like, yeah, I see all the sons of Anak, the Hittites, Jebusites, all these huge uh, giants that make us look like grasshoppers, they will be bread for us. So this is this is a repeat theme over and over. And that's even why we're going to this Psalm 65 and how it starts with Georgia dogs, the Caleb's, the Caleb's, the Caleb's. You want your year to be crowned with abundance. You want to see these things. You have to step into the Caleb uh, mentality, the Caleb vision. You have to see above what the enemy is doing, what he's doing is always scary. He's always deceiving and distracting. He's always trying to kill us just because we, we're we aware of it. Uh, as I shared Thursday, when we're aware of it, it means he's actually losing power because he's always doing it. He comes, the scripture doesn't just say he kills, steals, and destroys. He does nothing but kill, steal, and destroy. You know, that, John, that reminds me, I've told this testimony, I'm, you know, uh, here's a 30-second version of it, but my for years, I've told this testimony that the enemy tried to kill me all my life, and I would tell all the connecting stories to prove it to be so. But the reality is, if you're living in abundance, you see someone living in a mansion on a hilltop, and he's a believer, the enemy's trying to kill him too, the same way, right? Whether we see it or not, the enemy's worked his whole life, his whole life, to kill this person on the hill, right? It's everybody. It's everybody. We could go through every generation. If we just go back and even find out he was 
were like, nobody's never been successful like now because of the vaccination tool. Well, we don't even know the origins of things like the bubonic plague, the black plague, different fires, all the wars, you know, for hundreds of years, I kind of have studied, studied them that for at least the last 400 years, there can be a direct connection made to the starting of that war and the central bankers and how they played it in order for that to happen. So he's always working and he has different ways. If it's not through vaccines, he's uh, starting wars. He's starting uh, revolutions that don't need to happen. Disease. Disease and, and, and all these kind of things. And so it's not to surprise us. It's not like, well, we need to go back to the day when he wasn't trying to kill us. He was trying to kill you <laughs> your always. whole life, your parents' whole life, your grandparents' whole life. Yeah. That part totally. doesn't change. So totally. we're unnerved by it in some ways. So if someone were to say, you know, to be whining and complaining and saying, I just don't understand what's wrong. The enemy's tried to kill me on my whole life. It's more like join the club, brother, or join the club, sister, because it happens to us all. Kind, I don't mean uh, not compassionately. I'm just saying we're no, all no, in the same no. thing. Yeah, I, I think I've mentioned it before. I had an intercessor on one of my ministry trips. I was taking just like, John, I just need to tell you, um, be careful. The enemy is trying to kill you. And um, <laughs> Now it sounds funny. <laughs> it sounds funny because, of course. So I said, why is he not trying to kill you? And it was a whole, whole, whole different look. Yeah, you know, there, there can be a, a specific, like if there was a specific, he's trying to do it through this route. Like it could be, uh, there is a person that's coming close to you. They're trying to trap you. Yeah, with, that's true. It, they're, I'm not saying it's completely uh, meaningless, but the way it was brought to me was just that. Is there was a dream and the enemy had a gun into my and was shooting and trying to kill me. And I was like, yeah, I've been aware of that for a long, um, long time. I was like, did you see any other detail? And did you look for, next question, did you look for what God was doing in response to that? Oh, wow. Good and, question. Um, and I they said, no. And I was like, well, then your intercession is incomplete. You're never complete just getting what the enemy is doing. It only really matters what the enemy is doing if, you, if God is doing nothing about it. And, and then it's like, why is he doing nothing? It's, it's the, you know, the, if you see what the enemy's doing, again, that's a word for intercessors, and you're helping somebody, defending someone, ask the Lord, what are you doing about Oh, that's them? good. And that's what you get strengthened, strengthened by and move forward. So we also briefly talked about, Steve, about these three movements. And that's what I go into just a little bit, because I believe we're in a, a third visitation. It's not about putting time frames exactly. That's the thing we're we're getting cured of is about events, but we're noting certain patterns. And I was noting that there's a pattern of the last three, and I didn't go back further, 28 years of every 28 years or so. And, and so that I'll mention the three again, then go into some more dynamics and what, what makes, what sets this one apart from all of them. Cause it's not a repeat. It's not a going back to these great revivals and movements in their, in their own way. One was approximately 1967, the uh, what's called the Jesus Movement. The second one, 1995, approximately kind of have Toronto, then it going to the Brownsville, Pensacola, and now we're at 28 years later. Why is it four, you know, four times seven, 28? I don't know. It's just I feel like the Lord saying even that Psalm 65 
is speaking into. Say so that same river, there's plenty of water. That water hasn't run out. And there are many who have been hanging on and, and looking for a repeat either of 67, that time period, and, and, and or the Toronto time period. And this one is going to be different. So I wanted to explain that because I believe um, the Lord is going to really um, make sure we understand this one better. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Now, back to the show. 1967, the Jesus movement, the key f- figure there is Lonnie Frisbee, uh, a young man who was a hippie. And so it, um, you know, it was it was part of this wave that was even covered ultimately by magazines, Time magazines. And and so many people uh, will say our age say, yes, when I met the Lord, the Jesus uh, during the Jesus movement. And so multiple new denominations came out of that new wineskins uh, of some of the ones we would know. The bigger ones would be like Calvary Chapel and Chuck mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. John Wimber. The Vineyard is like 73. He's visited by, uh, I think, a Mother's Day by Lonnie Frisbee and the Holy Spirit fell. Wow. And then the Vineyard became all it is now. And we know from the Vineyard, even things like Bill Johnson uh, the whole Bethel movement, Heidi Baker, Cheon, H.I.M. I was touched. I'm before and after being touched. I was vineyard. Yeah, I was touched by the vineyard. So so these things have been, they've marked marked us forever. Music, worship changed forever from yeah. the Jesus movement. A whole new music, uh, you know, uh, kind of it was the contemporary worship that's around some aspect of it would have to, you know, from these still hymnal, open your hymns, to oh, yeah. uh, it, it really became personal under the vineyard, uh, really advanced there. You know, you had uh, even though, uh, you know, you had uh, David Roos, I think is how his name goes. He had this song. Was, yeah, Ruiz or however you said it. You it know? was like, let him kiss me with the kisses of his oh, lips. Yeah. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I did it might be fine for her to sing it, but I'm singing. You know, it was always weird. Yeah. And that was not in the hymnals, you know. So and each of them brought in a new worship. And so each of them brought in a glory of some level. Uh, we'll say that Jesus movement, it was, it kind of uh, happened more in, we'll say abnormal venues. Um, it was strongly among, we'll say the hippies and rejects. It was on Oceanside uh, up and down the coast of oh, uh, yeah. the West uh, of the United States and and baptisms happened in the ocean. And, and the, the first churches, you know, churches didn't receive it. And the churches that did then began essentially being the new denominations, which hundreds and hundreds of denominations have come out of that. So it was a beautiful thing. But here's what was not beautiful. Here was what incomplete, because this is the important part moving forward. It did not address, I would say, seven mountains, did not address kingdom on earth. It was still even Lonnie Frisbee. He was going by what he was being taught by his spiritual leaders oh, at that yeah. time. And they were teaching Jesus is about to return. It was yeah. all under the oh, urgency. Yeah. You know that, yeah. The urgency of Jesus is coming any day. And so we're, you know, yeah, we're I used to think, Johnny, I used to think, what, you know, the, the law began in California where, and, the, you know, they started recycling back then. And I thought, why recycle? We're out of here. And I wasn't even the rapture, uh, a momentary. I was like, my, my theology that I was taught was he's returning. In fullness, and but it was the same result. It was going to happen any time now. And what would be the point of recycling to preserve the earth? 
this thing's yeah. going to burn up. You know, that was my. You're a witness from the era. And so people know, many people know, anybody who was from there know what you're saying, what I'm saying is the absolute truth. It was not, uh, uh, it was not framed in a demonstration on earth of the kingdom of God. Not at all. You know, the narrative was Jesus about to return, get right with him. And so you find it, it, it built into its lack of vision. It had to, you know, blow out because it didn't prepare anybody. It, it, nobody believed in, in really even getting jobs and in, and doing any, cause it's just, it's going to, you just get some people saved and just be sacrificial. And again, if we look at it from our perspective now, nobody was addressing political realities, uh, election realities, media realities, but for us, for us, it was so much better than what we had been. It was, it was no longer, uh, uh, folks, please turn to hymnal number 200, song 253, sing first and last stanza. And it was so dry. That was worship in those days. So well, it was, we were so caught up in worship. We, we let that other stuff go. Well, Steve, the deal is it was, it was of God. It was, you know, we go from glory to glory to glory. And so uh, what it corrected, it saved us from dead denominationalism, yeah. which was the, what you're just saying. I wrote down, it's like, what did it correct? What did it save? It saved from dead denominationalism. It released the, the 70s charismatic movement, um, spinoff of the gifts of the spirit, everything to do with the vineyard and everything I still carry um, is, is ultimately came from that. So we'll go to the wave number two. So it was of God. And it's not knocking it. it. It God knows how He has to take us from yeah. glory to glory. Like He can't take us. It's like it's too big of a step. You can't go from here to there. So there was a revival, a new type of worship that came out. And God, it's this thing of yeah. God also digs down, and He cares for um, the hippies and the rejects and those who are yeah. broken. And, and so there were things that were incorporated into the ecclesia's understanding that have never left. That have been that have been good but it didn't have enough vision to, to maintain yeah. us. The 1995 Toronto, Pensacola, Toronto is where I was touched by the Lord. Uh, and it wasn't just those two places. There were several other places that had nightly meetings. We talked about that. And uh, again, all the benefits of what it did I, I, in the early stages is reported over 50,000 pastors, 50,000 pastors Whoa. said they would have quit. This was their last stage, but they encountered the Holy spirit. Yeah. And, and so, that was, you know, they got refreshed. Refreshing was the term of the yeah. Father's blessing. Yeah. Refreshing. Um, that was that was a, a focus. Um, and so that focus on refreshing. Randy Clark was a key instrument for releasing that Toronto. Rodney Howard Brown, uh, he was God's yeah. bartender. You know, he's still doing good things. Now he was totally different. They're very offended. Uh, many in the church very offended by this thing of the drunkenness that was taking place. But it's totally. like... We needed a drink. We were. Yeah, we did. John and Carol are not. We helped facilitate all that. They brought those people in. They're so still it, halfway living in that, although I haven't been out there for a long time. But he's never forgotten that. No. Well, I still, that, that's the residue of presence and things that I still operate out of is things I received out of that. And, and, and it's never, it's never stopped when I travel and minister, even when we do on here, when we say, hey, if you're being called to this mountain, your right arm's going to go numb right now. And it happens. And I was like, if you're called the government, if, yeah. if you're going to be one of these financiers, billionaires right now, he's going to lay hands on you and you're going to go out. And so we get uh, two people immediately say they were driving their car and slain in the spirit while they're in their car. 
And so these things happen. And so that's those those are things uh, that were ignited originally in me through through Toronto. So nothing but uh, joy about that. But again, it wasn't about kingdom demonstration. It was um, it was it was about fuel and it was a celebration of yeah, fuel. It was. Yeah. And celebration of fuel by that. I mean, if you think of going to the gas station and getting gas, um, the, we, they became called renewal junkies. I was maybe for. Yeah. So it's like going to the gas station. Oh, there's a shell there. Let's fill up. Hey, there's another one down down there. You get another uh, gas station. And, and so um, you and you just drove. You know, you made all the sacrifices necessary to go one more block and get topped off again. And sometimes that's why I got into it degraded and there's faking and stuff because when you're already full and then you're just topping it off, it just kind of spills out and it doesn't, um, and, and it didn't go, but there wasn't a vision. There wasn't. Yeah, an that's absolutely there. true. I mean, we would go to get refreshed and we were already refreshed and we just wanted to feel more refreshing. So we'd go back the next night to be refreshed again. And we would go home and shake shimmer and things, but then we'd go back and get some more of that and go back home and <laughs> it didn't go anywhere. It just, it but it was refreshing. Yeah. No, nobody laid a vision for, hey, take this presence Monday through Friday and take on the darkness yeah. that's in society. You know, um, there was there was not that the best anybody began to extract is, hey, you can pray for people at the water fountain. They can be healed. And that's something. But the kingdom assignment message goes far, far, far beyond that. You know, so he, his, his kingdom so coming true. on earth. So. But it was a, a a great thing. Again, it was, um, you know, it was in those years after being touched there where the Lord, before the seven mountains, he said, Johnny, I want you to begin to reach the up and outers. And I was like, I, I, I was offended by it. And I was like, what? Reaching up and outers is something that happens outside of church. And so that's where I met with mayors and other things. And so we have this wow. whole testimonial, even in Peru, where ultimately I'm, given a diploma of honor from the Congress of Peru for the changes we brought to the whole nation. And it happened sort of accidentally just by the Lord saying, I want you to also begin to reach the up and outers. Reaching up and outers has to do with also invading the nine to five world Monday through Friday and Monday through Saturday, or however you want to. So those two things, um, those are great moves of God. But for those thinking that that's going to be a repeat of what comes, it's not. And there's a reason why it's had to delay, why it has to delay as well, because what's coming now is no longer just fuel. Uh, and that's primarily, uh, again, it was there, was there was a little different effect each one gave that I already spoke into, but there was a fuel, um, and we, we love the fuel, and it would be great to have a few days of, uh, of you know, for those of, for those of you who never did just lay in the presence of God for an hour, two, three hours. You don't know how delicious that is and wonderful, yeah. but it was never, um, is never meant to, to only, only stay, stay there, you know? Right. So now 28 years later, this third wave of glory is coming in and, um, but it's attached to a simple narrative. It's not to be too complicated. It's the salt and light narrative that I'm talking about frequently. It's about our kingdom assignment the cultural assignment what has become obvious now through everything we've realized they've invaded our education system they've invaded our media they being the bad the globalists the luciferians they have invaded every area we are as i think tucker carlson just talked about a coup took place that we didn't know about and literally our nation was stolen by luciferians 
But it happens because we have no believers on assignment that understand assignments. Not that there was no believers there. They didn't understand that's a kingdom assignment. You have to keep light up here. You do not allow darkness to form a stronghold that then shuts down and stomps on nations, Mm. stomps on our freedoms. Everything we've experienced the last two or three years is to assist us. The awakening, the root awakening is for this awakening that's now for our children. And so um, we had, you know, I say some of the uh, the good wine. There's, so there's a new wine. There's a new wine, a new wineskin, new teachers for this wine that's coming in uh, now. But some of that wine was leaking. The new wine was leaking even right before COVID. There really was this good feel. There was stadium events happening, popping up everywhere. There was these crowds uh, often connected as well to, you know, uh, what President Trump was doing as well. But if anything, the Lord had to pull the plug on it a little bit because there wasn't a full embrace of this next wineskin. It was going to be, we're just going to, we're just going to be so happy that his presence on the goosebumps that we were not going to actually advance into what the fuel was for. The fuel was for kingdom demonstration. Let me just tell you like this very, very short, you know, towards yes, 30 years ago, but maybe 28 uh, we were at one of those big hotel events where it was just filled with people. And our pastor gave us one instruction. Don't talk to the people you pray for. Don't prophesy to the people you pray for. I was just taking pro- prophetic training right then. Uh, just say more, Lord. Do you remember that? More, Lord. More, Lord. We were supposed to say more and just keep saying more till the Holy Spirit came. And I thought, well, that sounds boring, but he's he's my boss. You know, he's the he's the pastor. So I went to several people and I would say more and they would just sit there and nothing happened. They didn't get more. They didn't get nothing. So finally, out of desperation, I thought, well, I got nothing else to do. And I'm learning to prophesy. I'm going to prophesy. So I'm turning, looking away and I started prophesying. This is what the Lord's saying to you. This is what you're going to go do. And all of a sudden I heard this thud and I looked. And he fell under the power. So I thought, oh, man, that was weird. So I go to the next person. And I started prophesying, bam, three people in a row fell when I started prophesying and telling them what God is telling him to do now. And it was like, that was a dividing line in my life that saying more and more and more kind of reaches its dead end. I don't know if you can relate no, to that's, that. That's correct. And I've told this before, you know, when I was sharing the new, the seven mountain mandate is just the salt and light mandate. It's the cultural mandate. It's the assignment to the mountains. It's the assignment that wakes up the hundred percent, not just the 3% who'll be in some kind of official ministry at some point, but it's the 97% being activated Monday through Friday. That's the reformation assignment. You're not just there to pray for people and get people healed. That's part of it and saved, but the system you know, if the news is operating in a crooked way and under blackmail, you have to do something differently. If education is operating under humanism, you have to change the curriculum. You have to change the system. So it's a systemic change that has to come beyond just people having transactions, even with Jesus or the Holy Spirit. That's supposed to be the beginning of it. And it's always supposed to be a part of it. But we we have to we have to advance into full time kingdom demonstration. So when I was getting that the seven mountain mandate. Uh, as I've told before, the first nation that I was telling, I said, this message is so powerful and it's about God's ability to change everything in society that I wouldn't be surprised as a sign that it would blow the national power grid. And when I said <laughs> that, 
at 8, 10 p.m. I think May 7th, April 17th. I got the dates, everything um, in front of me. I, um, but um, of um, what year was it? 2007. It it, um, it it blew the national power grid at that moment and for hours and hours and hours. And so that actually happened, that dynamic in several other wow. places. It, wow. um, and so just announcing a new capability that our God has, and that's the capability, not just to keep people saved, get people saved, not just get them filled with the Holy Spirit, not just give you your rapture package for when that happens, but to equip you to showcase the kingdom of God on earth. That is what I've been running on for, for some time. But wow. this is the new wineskin that's coming uh, that's coming in. And, and uh, this is the new wine that's coming in. That's the new wineskin that's required to hold the new wine. And it's about the kingdom age. It's about reformation. It's about restoration. It's about renewal. It's this is, but we do need the fuel for the seven mountain mandate. He's had to hold back on the fuel because we get so excited about the fuel. We'll ignore the assignment. This is important. I'm laughing because I'm so, I, I never heard it called fuel, but it's such a perfect metaphor. We were ra- enraptured with the fuel. <laughs> and it's, that's it's incredible. It's worth us noting that because that's what we'll do. Our tendency is have you heard? There's fuel there. And so we'll travel and we'll spend and we'll sacrifice to go get fuel. Fuel is great if you know where you're going, what you're going for. And this is about, this is the kingdom age, kingdom demonstration. We are not headed to the end times that doom and gloomers are talking about. That is an incorrect, a distorted perspective. Those are some statements the Lord gave me. I got to get that out before we uh, finish here. But so this is what I believe is coming now. There's this 28 year delay and there's part of it's the lord's growing us up he understands okay i can't take them from here to there all at once and so he has to eliminate so much garbage uh, and expose so much uh poor doctrine poor christian uh, he he had to show the church itself how irrelevant they were in the last couple of years so that they understand you know what we have to have a new wineskin that affects and changes, makes a stand, makes a difference. We just capitulated to everything. And they're, again, the ones that didn't, they're the, it's the small percentage heroics that we can talk about, but we were exposed the mass level that we needed another wineskin. We didn't just need to be able to fill crusade, fill stadiums and have a bunch of people uh, raise their hand and not know what you're raising hands. That's the, that's the thing. An evangelist is wired. I want people to raise their hand and say they receive Jesus. Wonderful. What do they receive Jesus for? It's the beginning of a work. It's so that you would be a representative on planet Earth. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. The first thing he said. And then he said there are consequences if you don't step into that. It's that not is so, Johnny, that is so pivotal. Your understanding of what are you raising your hands for? That's like the type of revelation that'll blow a city's lights out because nobody's saying that. They're just saying, good, sign this card and we'll try and find a local church for you. Nobody's saying what this is unto. So this is like just huge to me. It is, Stephen. If you don't have the what it's unto, then you might as well give them a cyanide capsule right when they're done to make sure they don't lose themselves. That's great to have. Oh my God, that's hilarious, but it's true. It's if that's if that's what it was what it was all yeah. about. Yeah. So I have some um, 
let's, I just wrote some things down the Lord was saying. I'm just going to uh, try to fit them in as we close this here, Steve. I, I said this already, but there is a new wine, a new wineskin, and new teachers of both arising now. Watch the 40-somethings. They've been, these are those that are 40, a little bit more. I've just been exposed to a couple of right around 40 <clears throat> new leaders. They got the new stuff, and I'm, I wow. just make them smile inside. They've been through the fire, but the fire didn't destroy them. The fire didn't make them deconstruct their faith, but ignited greater faith for greater things. And, and, and both of these that I'm thinking of, already are making difference in the nations they during covid they advanced more than ever wow. and and um and they will toss aside long-standing doctrines of defeat so watch this we're gonna we're, we're gonna have a new leadership they're for this generation for their generation and they will i'm gonna say it again they will toss aside long-standing doctrines of defeat um and i'll explain that with some other things that i'm that i that i'm saying here <clears throat> so this is going to be a strong uh, statement, but it's going to be a true statement. The kingdom message, because that's all we're talking about. We're talking about seven mountain mandate, salt and light mandate <clears throat> is the kingdom message, which is Jesus message. It is a totalitarian message. It does not mean you impose. It's not brought on by imposition. That's why it's not dominionism, but it is the capability of the kingdom of responding to everything in every area and every day. There's like, it's not just the kingdom is not just for church. It's for every area. So he is either king of everything, not just of souls or no king at all. That's wow. what I mean by being totalitarian. I'm saying wow. He is either king of everything or no king at all. If he's not king of government, he's not king at all. I mean, again, I'm looking at the person raising their hand at an evangelistic thing. They're just raising their hands for the king himself, but they're not saying, "I'm, uh, you're my lord," right? Oh, anyway, go exactly. Ahead. There's no no surrender. Um, so here's there is a kingdom solution response strategy for everything, and for every challenge, and for every nation, and for every situation. It's not just the kingdom plus this. It is the kingdom, because the kingdom always comes with the package of the king and his kingdom. They come together. Jesus says, repent. The kingdom is here. Who was here? The king. So the king, he comes and he comes with an order, though. He comes with his assignment. He doesn't just come with a transaction for eternity. That's where we've missed it. It's not just get saved, raise your hand, be baptized. It's like, no, you are the light of the world. You're not just called to be safe for eternity. You're called to change everything here. You, the meek, will inherit. You who care will inherit the earth. Before he ever talked to them about inheriting heaven, he talked to them about inheriting their cities, their nation, their earth. So uh, these are some random comments. Dominionism is being um, you know, censored by church media. I was just going through all these ways how the church and the church media and church everything is so is a mirror of what's been taking place in society, and uh, what they've tried to you know niche me as oh he's a dominionist oh oh so that you can throw away everything I've written believed if I'm a dominionist so I have clear I'm not a dominionist um, I believe the Bible I believe I said if salt and light is being dominionist then I'm dominionist 
whatever light is supposed to do to darkness, that's what we're supposed to do to darkness. And, and uh, if you don't like, um, so ism is something different. I understand the kingdom of God does not advance by imposition. So once again, for those quoting me, I am not a dominionist. But I will say many who are going to be speaking about dominionism will be shut down because they're using that word, even though it's a clear instruction from Genesis 1, have dominion over you know, that's the assignment for men. The original assignment for Adam and Eve is have dominion. But here's, uh, uh, I just had to look. Sometimes you realize the ridiculousness of those who uh, reject what God is doing, what he's saying, by just thinking of the opposite. What is the opposite of dominionism? Because that's supposed to be like you crossed some red line if you're a dominionist. Mm-hmm. What's the op- opposite of a dominion of dominionism is, I had to make up another word because not even dominionism is a word capitulatism to capitulate that's uh, uh um that's the opposite of dominionism is those who capitulate so if that's supposed to be the balanced christian position that you capitulate therefore you're not a dominionist because you have one or two choices when evil is there you fight it and you look to ex- extinguish it or you toy with it and surrender to it so if it's supposed to be some great christian statement i'm not a dominionist i'm a one who capitulates then I just tell you, it's ridiculous as well. And so that ridiculousness is going to be exposed. There's going to, there's these young leaders are going to be coming up and they're not going to say it just right. And they're going to call it, they're going to understand dominion assignment, which is not dominionism because you don't impose on people. They're going to say some things wrong. And so the church is going to try to squelch them and shut them off through the mafia that's in the church. And y'all watch for it. Don't fall for it. Don't bend to it. Don't bow, don't bow to it. So all right, a uh, couple more things, Steve. Um, all right, I'm going to skip that part, and I'm going to close with two huge important point, points, and then i got to get back to those two points I said I'd talk to people. Any doctrine that limits what you can contend for is a doctrine of devils. So to make that clear, any doctrine that limits... You're contending for cities, for nations, for seven mountains. Any any doctrine that limits you, like, no, we can't do that till Jesus comes. We can't do that till the millennium. We can't do that. There is no validation ever in the scriptures of putting off till later. It's like, no, you're ahead of the game. You're, you're, you're trying something that you can't do. No, he says, ask of me and I'll give you the nations. And I could give yeah. you another 20 scriptures on the nations and how he is the God of the nations, cities and nations. And so... Anybody who sneaks that is because what they'll do is they'll call you a name if you believe that God actually can rescue and save nations. Even though he says, arise, shine, your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Behold, the darkness, the deep darkness, but the Lord will arise on you. His glory will be seen on you. Nations will walk to the light of the sons of God, Isaiah 61 through 3. So he says it. He says it over and over. He says, ask of me the nations. But anybody who actually believes that, you have the church mafia, the church religious mm. mafia, the theological seminarians that will there say, call it some name to extinguish that. And it really is the deep state equivalent of having giving you genetically modified GMO food and of putting Damn. fluoride in your water. Oh, where wow giving you something in church, but it weakens you, it makes you sick, it makes you less than, and it must be stopped, and it's going to be stopped now. And the Lord is arising and causing this new leadership with the new wine, the new wineskin, the new teaching and understanding of where we're going uh, with, all, with all that. Tied into that, any doctrine that limits your stewardship of the earth, 
is a doctrine of devils. So, I said one thing, anything that says, when you can't do that until, there is no precedent in Scripture for that. If anybody ever got challenged, why didn't you, you shot the arrow three times, why didn't you shoot it seven times? You even have the example of David, who is taking priest's food that he's not supposed to do. He's talking to the Holy Spirit, who's supposedly not available for hundreds of years. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. David was partaking of goodness in the land of the living. He said, I would have fainted if I didn't think I could see the goodness of God in the land of the living. So he, he part, partook of advanced provision, advanced protection, advanced weaponry. He could take, off, take on lions and bears uh, 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 and, and a giant with his bare hands because he connected to something he theoretically wasn't allowed to because it's not for his dispensation. It's not till then. It's not till in heaven, millennial, something. Anybody who's restricting how far the kingdom of God can advance, it's a doctrine of devils. It doesn't mean they are. doesn't mean they're a teacher of devil. doesn't mean they're evil. They're just deceived. I probably was in, in there at some point where I wouldn't uh, challenge the body of Christ to go as far as it, it needs to. So no limits on what you can contend for. No limits on the stewardship of the earth. What do I mean by that? Well, it's all going to burn up anyway. And just a brief comment on that. There's only one scripture that people use, 2 Peter 3, that tells us the earth will burn up. And that scripture is clearly a misinterpretation if you understand the whole rest of the scripture. Because Jesus himself says, the meek will inherit the earth. Why would he burn up your inheritance? The meek, the righteous, will inherit the earth. And if you understand Peter, he was not trying, he did not think he was bringing a new doctrine. He was, if you go to the original language, as part of the problem, we don't have time to go here, but the original language, he clearly thinks he's restating Malachi 3, that messenger of the Lord will come and he will come as a refiner's fire and cleanse and purge the sons of Levi. So a refiner's fire, way different than a consuming fire mm. that eliminates. It's, it's the difference between, you know, uh, well, you get it. It's it's it's, yeah. it's, it's not a, a a runaway fire that's eliminating. It's purifying, and so the purifying that comes to earth is this whole process, even of the sons and uh, and daughters of God arising. But I just like a doctrine, a devils that limits you, and that's what we need to know for right now. It's kingdom time. It's kingdom age, and there's enough of you that are going to believe it. There's enough. You, there's some of you that have gotten so much of the old propaganda. You got so much. Uh, GMO, spiritual GMO, you may have been around too long in, in uh, the, the churches. Not, not, it's just the ones that didn't give room enough to the Holy Spirit and his agenda. So you can't accept this. And, and, and so that, 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 uh, that eating incorrectly for so long still affects mm. you. But the kingdom of God is going to be released as never before in our days. This time, this is kingdom time, kingdom acceleration time. The the evidence of all the darkness that's around us is because it's being brought to the forefront because we're going to push it out and we're going to finally be, we're going to begin to show up like Daniel saw that there had been a court decision in heaven where the saints would be those that the kingdom had been turned over to the saints and they would rule and reign with the righteousness of the king in every area of, of society. Okay. Last statement on that. No hero of faith. Uh, I kind of said this, ever got chastised for believing too much good, too much power, too much presence was available. You won't find that through the scripture. Well, like 
Hey, Paul, why, what made you think you could raise that person from the dead? Peter, what did you know? There's no one ever got chided, challenged before the fact, after the fact for believing too much of the kingdom now. You know, I, I'll just say this. You, you didn't watch Bobby Connor the other day, but he has this. He says this line all the time, but I asked him to say it. Uh, was it yesterday? I'm, I'm losing. Oh, it was Friday, probably Friday. He sa- he says this. I give you permission to attempt to exaggerate the things I'm, the Lord is about to do. It was a statement from the Lord. The Lord said, "I wow. give you permission to attempt to attempt to exaggerate the things I'm about to do." And I, I asked I him to that. say that again. Isn't it, that's what you're saying too? So we got to hear more from Bobby. Oh, no, it was really good. That's that's just that just clicks. That's exactly what he's telling us right right now. So I know Steve, I promised that this is the quickest thing. Okay, the dinars. People are asking me. I said that there was going to be a revaluation. Uh, I just want people to know it's not a, really a prophetic statement. It's just a justice statement. If you understand the way the deep state has done their uh, their dealings. And how, who they've held back. And you just study. I, I did a little study for decades into the DNR. And it's clearly uh, it's clearly a currency that has been suppressed. And so I yeah. believe the justice of God is coming. Not as a prophetic word. Just observation. That at some point it has to be uh, uh, valued in a correct way. And that's it very, good. very easily. And could. that's the Iraqi dinar you're talking about. And Kim yes. Clement did mention the dinar one time prophetically. He didn't go into detail, but he said, watch the dinar or something like that. It's out there. So that part's prophetic. You're, what you're saying is, uh, as a patriot, you know this is coming. I mean, am I saying that about right? Well, I'm saying, I don't know about it as a patriot. I'll just say, as a servant of God, I believe yeah. the justice of God will come into this situation. Okay, good. And and um, and so that's what I'm saying. On the other thing... Uh, Somebody's saying, you know, I they saw Tom Hanks or who they think was Tom Hanks on some recent program, and they hadn't I said he was executed? And um, no, we had someone on the program. That, that was Stianon said that, and and you might have not nodded or something, but you know, you didn't say that. No, and it's not the only person I've heard that from somebody else, and and so it's like, well, that's ridiculous because I just saw him in a movie or I just saw him on a show. I think. Hopefully you all understand enough that the level of deceit that they're capable of doing, somebody can have been gone for years and they keep rebroadcasting things with their image. And if you understand even the new technologies that are out there, how if they have just past copies of you doing anything in your voice, uh, um, you know, they can have you live on forever. The the realities of this day and age are we know that things like whether it's doubles, clones, whatever they call them, at a governmental level, I happen to know I've interacted with enough governments um, over the years. It's just a it's just a reality. I don't I don't, I've never heard of a government that doesn't have, um, we'll say, doubles available for yeah. the highest level. And so yeah, they all have that. And we and we know that for actors, Hollywood has it openly. Well, they have stunt doubles. They they openly uh, announce them, but then they have other ones uh, as well. So. It's not, it's not, it doesn't mean anything to see somebody and say that proves that they weren't, but neither am I making that statement. And again, it's so, is not the center of what we're talking about right now. The center thing, the central thing is the kingdom of God and the sons and daughters of the king arising and shining with who he is in such a time as this. 
Good, good, good. Really, really good. Well, uh, Johnny, I guess we're at the uh, end of our time. Would yeah. you go ahead and pray for the people as we close yeah. this out? Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would release even your sons and daughters who are watching right now or listening and watching right now. I ask that you would release over them just a measure of the impartation of this new wine, of this full river of God that's coming in. Lord, I ask you to just knock some people flat on their backs with yes, your Lord. power and your presence in a safe way if they're driving. Lord, let your power come in. Let there be a down payment release of this new, fresh yes, anointing to see the kingdom of God revealed in every area of society. And let it happen now. Let it be yes, released Lord. to your sons and daughters. Let it bring hope. Let it bring power. Let it bring might. The kingdom of God is not in word only, is in power. Let the power of your kingdom be released, Lord. This is not the age of the devil. This is not mm. the age of the Antichrist. This is your kingdom age. Demonstration time on planet Earth as never before, as never before. And we are privileged to live in such a time as that. Let your people be ignited now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Great and powerful word. Thank you. Thank you, Johnny. I appreciate it. That is Elijah's dreams for today, everybody. Thank you so much. We're going to get out of here. Tomorrow is Donna Rigney, which is a favorite among you all. So do not miss that 11 o'clock Pacific time tomorrow. We'll see you all later. Have a great day. Bye-bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.